0: Welcome to the Dips of Doubt. If you are leading a school or part of a leadership team and you want some inspiration, a reminder that you can do this work, or just need to take a pause from the marathon you're running, then this is the podcast for you. We are here to walk this journey alongside of you to normalize the challenges, grapple with the struggles and celebrate the successes.
1: We know your time is precious, so our sessions are concentrated and focused with the goal of providing quick tips, strategies, and insights that we've learned as we've navigated the really choppy waters and changing times of leadership and supervision to add tools to your toolbox or just reaffirm that you're on the right path and that change takes time.
0: I'm Susan Rosenthal.
1: And I'm Tessa Brock.
0: We are two passionate, flawed, and honest humans who are striving to be the best we can in our roles as leaders. We come together with 59 years of combined experience in education, leadership, and the mental health world.
1: We just wanna remind you that you are enough, and we are here to remind you of that fact as you keep striving to make a difference. So welcome, and let's get started.
0: So Tessa, how... Or why did you end up where you have ended up career-wise?
1: Ooh, that is such a fun question. And I will try not to make it too long. I think the first memory I have is being 10 years old. And my dad was the army family advocate for the military. And he was doing a session on child abuse. And I saw photos of children that had been abused. And he and I talked about it. And I remember thinking... I want to, I want to be like that. And, and I want to make sure that children don't get hurt. And then, so I think that I was very lucky in that at the age of 10, I had a pretty clear idea that I needed to do something in the world that was going to help children. I think then fast forward to, I I was able to spend the summers in New York city at an inner city camp for, for children that were less privileged than I had ever experienced. And I, my eyes were opened. It's funny, I have such a, there was a part of me that was, that was very Pollyanna ish. What was this street in New York City way back in the 90s that, uh, was it 42nd street that was, had a lot of the, it was just a tougher street, had a lot going on, not such good stuff at the time. They've really cleaned it up since
0: then, but I just think I, of miracle on 42nd street. Right? So I, are you sure that's the right
1: street? <laughs> I can't remember. I think it's 42nd street anyways. So I think, so my dad, when I was 10, really that, I think that set the path for me in so many ways. I think then as I got older, I knew that I wanted to do something to help children that had really significant challenges and really people. I think I I had opportunities going either on mission trips with my family or or doing work uh, as a high schooler in inner city camps for children. I understood that my life had had privilege in ways that other people didn't have. And I wanted to, it was really important to me to be part of the solution. And I remember going to New York City one year and um, walking down the New York City streets and I was a young high school, naive Pollyanna kind of kid. And I I remember looking around and it was so important to me that I make eye contact with every single person and see how many people I could make smile because they all seemed so grumpy and they all seemed so unhappy. And I just wanted to impact their day somehow positively. And I was thrilled at every person that would make eye contact and smile with me. So I think there's all of that. I think that was woven into the fabric of my being when I was young. I was able to then, when I went to college... I was able to work with juveniles who were struggling with substance misuse and were on probation. And that was really powerful for me. And I realized I need to make a, a bigger impact. And so I went and got my master's degree. And as I was doing that, I was working with families that were having that were having a hard time getting along. And I really enjoyed that. And as I was doing that work, I realized I've got to get, I've got to get there younger. And so I moved on and I started working with Head Start and I really had loved, I've I've worked with Head Start for so many years and have such a passion for the mission and the vision for Head Start and how so much of it is not just academics, but I've I've been part of the mental health team. And really that so much of that work is always grounded in equity also and, and inclusion and to really help families that have less privilege to to have a, a better start, a, a stronger foot in the door when they get started. And then being able to realize that, again, I, I just needed to continue to make a bigger impact. For me, there's this, this idea of legacy where not so much it's about me, but it's that I need my life to have made a difference. I need to have made an impact and I need to not have just taken up air and space in the world as I Inhabited this earth, but it's really about did I make it a better place and did I lighten the load for other people? And I think that's when I really started pursuing my own business and and being a a consultant and an executive coach and a a, a tr- speaker and a trainer and a facilitator, all of those things. Because I feel like if I'm if there's any way that I can support someone in having their load be lightened in the work that they're doing, whether it's as a, a professional, whether it's as a teacher, as at a a leader, an executive, no matter who we are, it's, it's a, a hard, messy world to navigate. And there's a lot of things that get in our way of us doing our very best. And if I can help people figure that out a little bit differently so that they in turn can have a better, stronger, positive ripple effect, then I feel like maybe I've done my job. So I think that's kind of what happened for me. How about you?
0: Wow. I want to be you. No. (laughs) One is plenty. No more. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No, (laughs) That was great. I mean, you know, we don't all know why we are where we are sometimes. And sometimes you think, did you get here by luck? Did you get here by hard work? Did you get here by both? Did you Mm -hmm. fall into it, stumble into it? And that's my pathway, really. And so... There are people like you that know from the time they're tiny who they are and what they want to be. And then there are those of us that find their way to what they want to do and want to be, but it's so not the traditional of knowing from a very young age, right? And I think both are great pathways to have. And I think someone who doesn't know what they want to be when they grow up, is just as great as the person who knew from what they wanted to be when they grew up. I really had no idea what I wanted to be. I went to the U of A and originally fashion merchandising. I wanted to do wow. things with clothing. Yeah. I love clothes. That sounds horrible, but I broke my ankle as a sophomore in college and was in a horrible car accident And just taking a shower was difficult. Like they had no shower bags for your cast at that time. And I happened to be taking a textile class and fell in love with exploring like, oh, what could I do to cover my cast so that I could take a shower? And I can remember one of the professors saying, you know, I'd love you to take this other class I'm offering. It's designing clothes for the handicapped took it. And that was my pathway. I was going to design clothes for the handicap because back then they did not have a lot of adaptations or modifications to clothing. If you had an amputated arm or a leg or, you know, needed a prosthesis or even back then for women that had mastectomies, they just didn't have a lot of products. And so I graduated with a major in um, designing clothes for the handicap. I mean, had an independent study, did an internship at Stanford's Children's Hospital to learn more about students that had special needs, design things, publish some things there. And then I met my husband a month before I was going to go off to get my master's in occupational therapy and be an OT because really OTs do one part of that work, adaptations for clothing, but I thought I could do more, right? So found myself in Tucson and not going anywhere and no degree to do something unique with that degree because in Tucson, they could hire OTs. What was I going to do? So took a job as an office manager. I won't say where, and Realized I better figure out what I want to be when I grow up. And I thought because I loved working with kids, I would go into education and thought special ed. And everyone told me there is no way you're going to get your master's in special ed and people will hire you if you do not teach first. What a concept, right? Jump (laughs) a couple of ladders and they're going to hire me. So I listened And I got a post-baccalaureate in elementary education because I had no clue at all what content I liked the best, right? I just, I don't know. I like it all. So I did that and went to teach in a district for 12 years as a second and first grade teacher and found that the very first year in my career, they asked what do new teachers need? And of course, I could not keep my mouth shut. So insert foot and recognized that my passion was to support new teachers. And of course, at the time, the superintendent said, well, you spoke up, let's put you on a committee. And that's where my passion to mentor and coach and support people really began. And then of course, I had the opportunity to work as a career ladder coach where that's what you did and had the opportunity to add a new teacher induction program, which then further supported the pathway that I was on, did my masters, did my principalship, all of that focused on new teachers and supporting them. And then served as an assistant principal at a high school level, which shouldn't have ever happened, right? I'm an elementary certified teacher, but good instruction is good instruction. And I felt like I knew what instruction represented. And so you can ask people about content and the sequence of content if you don't know. And found myself in a middle school as the principal at the end of my career. And when I retired, I felt like I wanted to keep giving back. And I believe that perhaps had I drawn on others more that knew the profession, I might have stayed longer, that it's such a tough gig. And so I had the fortune of mentoring my first year out of retirement to the district that I was in. And then from there, applied for Lead Now and was kind of behind the scenes with Deb until she was promoted to the chief deputy school superintendent's office. And here we sit today, <laughs> the imposter that I am, no. trying to be a podcaster <laughs> no, and tell you my history of why I do what I do. But really, it is that passion to make a difference for those who are making a difference for others. And I'm not done. I'm still growing. I'm still learning. Because I think until it's not fun to give back, I'm going to keep doing it as long as people will keep thinking I have something to offer or provide. So that's me. not that a crazy, abnormal way to get where I am?
1: So fun. And I think, But I, and I just want to say that, you know, you mentioned that imposter. And I think that that is what makes this process, not an imposter. It's it's why as leaders, we sometimes feel that way, but that is also why we are in the positions that we are is because everything that has happened to us has created this fabric of our being and it has created who we are. And it allows us to have something that is very worthwhile that we can contribute or share or add or enhance to other people's fabrics. And so that is the exact thing that makes us not imposters because we've lived our lives authentically and we have things to offer and to support.
0: And never stop growing and learning, right? Because I think that's part of what allows us to keep being who we are is we haven't arrived yet. And if we ever think we have arrived, it's time to say goodbye. (laughs)
1: Thanks for listening. We know your time is precious. Remember, you've got this and we've got you.
0: Now go shine your light and keep making a difference for others. You matter.